Welcome to a special edition of our podcast. Uh, this is going to be based on the season, player season review. Um, we're going to give our ratings with, our, with regard to the players over the course of, especially 2019, you know, which rounds off our uh, end of season, our player ranking it, we now gave like for the players with the review. Uh, we switch our attention to the goalkeepers. Uh, Peter Check for my season end of season rating is 7.5. Uh, I just think uh, if you think of the course of the Europa League campaign, he was also, you know, getting us there to the final and that. And with regards to Ben Leno, uh, I gave him an 8 out of 10 because, but for you know, our shaky defense, he also kept us in a hell of a lot of games. I think he probably had one bad, you know, really bad game in 2019, but other than that, he was a solid performer for us. So, uh, ratings wise, for me, Peter Check goes to uh, a seven. He initially was a 5.5 with me, but as you mentioned, very steady, consistent with our Europa League campaign. I know he got a bit of a shaky start, but you know, installed confidence in me. Uh, Burn Leno, eight as well. In the initially, I wasn't too convinced about him, but the way he kept us in a lot of games, we ended fifth, I think, could have been higher, but if we were to end top four, it would have been due to his amazing saves. So let's go to the defenders. Uh, if I go to Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I'll leave him at the seven. For me, he, he was a consistent performer, chipped in with some goals and some assists here and there. So for me, a seven. Mustafi, I'm going to have to give him a four. Uh, he, he didn't do too much for me to install confidence. And there's some woeful mistakes he made and some errors that led to some important goals that had it not been conceded. We could have probably ended up in the top four. I think the Palace game was still, you know, one of the... Yeah. Even, even Spurs as well, you know, and it was an offside, but, I mean, he didn't need to push Harry Kane. Yeah. And that's just one of many of areas I think that people can think of. Um, Socrates, I'm going to give him a 7.5. Yes, he was probably our best centre-back, but there were times as well where his recklessness did cost him from actually being... Uh, 8.5 to a 9. There were some top performances, but you know, for me, that recklessness, if you can just iron it out in his game, I know he's a bit old and you know, you can't maybe take it out of him, but yeah, that's just my opinion. Um, Kolasinac drafted it for me. The, offensively, I'm going to give him a 5.5. Offensively, he was there. He could have added a bit more if he worked on his final touch, but defensively, he left us open in a lot of games. If you look at our goals conceded, you would have seen he left our side, our left side, very much open. Um, if I go to Koscielny, um, I never rated him in the first portion of the season, but the latter part, I'm going to give him a six. You know, there were some top performances of him, but there were also some games where you could see that his age or his injuries were getting to him. So for me, I'm giving him that rating. And then Rick Steiner, I'm going to stick with four. He didn't do much in the second half of the season. And it kind of the first half of the season could tell you what uh, what was going to happen in the second half. So I'm sticking with a four. Mm-hmm. And Mavra Panos, I'm going to give a five. He seemed, I had a lot of faith in him. 
due to you. But um, he, he was always uh, performing when he was called upon. But it just seemed this season, I don't know if it was a bit of lack of confidence. But so I, I don't see, didn't see him, you know, making a, uh, taking a claim for position. So I'm going to give him a five. And then Monreal, I'm going to give a 5.5. He was consistent, but he was always caught at the position and he was struggling. He wasn't the same player that he was last season. So I'm going to, yeah, give him a 5.5. Okay, uh, with regards to defenders, uh, Lichstein, I gave a 4. And I mean, that was my original as well. Uh, Maitland-Niles, he went from a 7. I gave him his final... 6.5 because I just felt that especially the, from about March to now the end of the season he's the, the games are really errors through with, with the games and I think that is where I in a way also lost a bit of confidence in the player um, Mustafi went from a 5 to a 4 by me because again when you're chasing that top 4 race it was also key moments like you know, his shamble show in the Palace game for me, especially, that, like, you know, just springs to mind. I don't even need to think long and hard about it. Um, Socrates, I gave a 7, and I gave him before a seven, a 6.5. But I mean, a solid 7 because, look, he was almost like the thing that was keeping us together at the back when we were on to lose, you know, touch with certain aspects of our defensive game. Uh, Kosielny, he sticks with a 5 in my books. Uh, I just think, you know, it's like the end, either the end of his Arsenal career or, you know, he's going to be knocked down the picking order because I, I just don't see physically him coping with it. Especially, look, you're also having this the Premier League always evolving. You're going to have probably again bigger, more physical strikers, and I don't think he's going to be able to cope with whatever new forwards come into the league again. Um, Nacho Monreal went from a five in my books to a four. Because I just felt after I think after he returned in the new year when that he had some injury, you know he was also playing like one or two games and he gets injured in training and you don't see him again for like close to a month or something like that. So I just find also another because I mean look he was always one of my favorites going over the last few seasons and it's actually sad when you see you know that physical you know the physical way that a player now breaks down or he winds down in his career. Um, Kolasinac went from a six to a five in my books because I, I mean, I just did not see something like he, the more we got, you know, that run that we were on where we didn't win games, and that it's almost like there you can also see a character of a player, and it's almost like he was already the type of player that would be waving the white flag. And I mean, if for personally, I mean, I, I did see the other day Schalke would like him to return. I mean, I think it's more finance financial thing for them, you know, of actually bringing him back. But I mean, we now said him and seen him in the league, and and we saw his attacking game. But defensively, I mean, for me, he's just not up to scratch. Him. He's most, yeah. I mean, he's up there. I mean, we have quite a few in our ranks, but he's always he always seems unaware about what's happening defensive side of his game, and he'll almost like leave you short, especially if we're playing a, a back three. He leaves us exposed to our defense being doubled up. And, 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 you know, all that attacks being flowing on just the one side of the field through his, you know, lack of discipline. Uh, Mavropanos, I gave a three because, I mean, as much as I believed in it, and I mean, you, you know, I was one of his biggest fans as, you know, one of the upcoming players. 
I just felt when it came to uh, games, when you see, you know, like with Burnley or, or some of the other games where you did slot in, you just looks not up to scratch. I think maybe a running, like, you know, playing for a championship team that's fighting for promotion, you know, giving, because I'm um, look, it's a different sort of battle that then. And I think you need something like that to his game. So, yeah, that's one. And I mean, look, you, just a big, a big shout out to people like Ballerin and uh, Holding, who, I mean, if you think, I think of our midterm ratings of both players, I mean, it was something like, I think both of us gave them eights. Yeah, that's correct. And I mean, it, it, it says a hell of a lot who we missed in that team also now, you know, the way things petered out in 2019 defensively for us. Socrates and Holding, I mean, yeah, would have been a good centre-back combination because Holding was like almost the stalwart at the back. And I mean, you could have been maybe rotated around him and Hector Ballerin or someone would have bombed down the wing a lot. And who knows, you could have used Anthony Maitland-Niles in a different position. So, you know, those injuries could have made a difference, but it's also, you know, around the guys to pull the socks up when they called upon. Um, with regards to the midfielders now, uh, Xhaka stays six by me, like from the mid, mid-season report to now, a straight six. I just felt, you know, you know, until he gets this, that I, I don't know, he's like he either still has that flaw in his passing game. I mean, yes, when it comes off, it's fantastic to watch that 30, 40 yards spread passes. But I mean, they, more often than not, you see these passes getting intercepted and he, and he does absolutely nothing to try to win the ball back or help out, you know, with one of his mess-ups. Um, somebody I could also see being replaced even, come to think of, like, you know, with, with regards to midfield, Graft and, and, and Naus also. Because there's, there's certain aspects of his game that's very, very questionable. And I mean, his temperament sometimes, even people like Socrates can't get him out of when he's in this mood where he wants to, you know, go up to the ref and... and like he gets booked and he's about to almost like talk himself into another yellow because of petulance. Um, Torreira, uh, like he sorted out, I gave him a seven end of season uh, rating, I gave him a 7.5 because I just think he did well. But I think what also was almost like an anchor to his, his playing this season, like especially the latter part now, I think that physicality, not only physicality, but that demands of. Almost like two or three games even a week. I think that took it straight. Because, I mean, look, he's somebody that's like the energizer bunny. He can keep on running or Duracell bunny. He keeps on running, running, running. But I think over over time, especially when you when you come up against teams like Watford, Palace, things like that, Burnley, and it, it takes a toll on the body also, like physically and, you know, mentally. You know. Um, Gwendozi, uh went from a 7 to a 6.5 by me. I just think he... As good as he is, and I mean, I like him as a player. I think he also, he's gotten more cocky as the season has gotten on. Maybe it's because he's hanging out with people like Lacazette and Obama Young more. But it's not like he takes his place some, at times, not always, at times for granted. And he d- does this thing where he wants to like touch three or four times on the ball. And then, you know, he gets around by three or four players. And then by the time he wants to release, it gets n- nicked off him. So, you know, very dodgy the way he now especially in the passing side of his game, or position, I should say. Uh, uh, like a win from a five. He sticks with a five. Uh, Aaron Ramsey, 7.5. He was, I mean, I ended up giving him a rating of 8.5. I mean, fantastic. For, for somebody that's leaving us or has left us already now, 
fantastic performance. I mean, I've never seen that sort of work and art, like, you know, art going into a, a latter part of your, you know, your your career, your last, uh, last contract at the club. So, I mean, very impressed and very sad also to see the back of it. Mkhitaryan, um, you went from 6 to 5.5. I just felt uh, certain games where we did need, you know, that attacking outlet, he just was, was not up to scratch. Um, it will be 6.5. I started the midterm. Uh, ended up giving him a 5 because there were numerous games, especially at home straight of, of that top four fight. He just uh, he was not up for it. I mean, especially that final third when we needed goals or passes. Indecision and always making the wrong choice cost us also in the end, if you think of it, go through our games. Uh, El Nini went from a four to a three in my books. I mean, you can see one foot or one and a half feet already out of the door. I don't see, you know, any future for him at Arsenal. Okay, my turn to uh, criticize these guys. No, I'm just joking. Not about criticism. Um, Chaka, six for me. Like you said, he could have just kept things simple at times and tried for the extraordinary and it didn't pay off. There were times when he did just keep things basic and you could see, wow, what a different player. Obviously, he had some amazing goals in there, but six will be my rating. The Raider drops to uh, 8.5. It was a nine. There were just times I felt he lacked discipline in the latter part of the season, like going from the new year on, which where he was always caught upfield on the edge of mm. the attacking teams, um, the defending teams box. I mean, he didn't have to be there all the time. That halfway line spot just before the halfway line, just behind the halfway line, that was his area to control. And I found he got caught out too much. You know, maybe he can work on it with the proper defense. I mean, with the proper midfield partner. Then Quindosi, to me, dropped to a six. For me, I think the first part of the season, he had to establish himself as an Arsenal player. This guy came from nowhere and, you know, Arsenal fans got to him and saw this guy's working hard. But as you mentioned, I don't know if it went to his head. I know maybe as a youngster, sometimes those things do go to your head. He just seemed like a just chicken in some, in some games, running all over the place, leaving gaps, diving into tackles. So he drops to a six for me. Mesut Ozil, to me, we, I gave him a six, but for me, he went to a five. For me, the, his commitment on the field just wasn't there, and it, it was told by the way Erin Ray left him out for a lot of games. And even one game that springs to mind, the Chelsea 2-0 win, he was off the field, and Arsenal played like a much better team. Aaron Ramsey, I gave a 6.5. I'm giving him an 8.5. This guy, if he would have been in the finals, I think it could have been a very different final and a very different um, top four ending to us. He he just gave, he left everything on the field. And that famous lineup for you to do, I can't get to it 100%, but I know you you know it very well. Um, that, that kind of summed up Aaron Ramsey's performances this season. So 8.5 for me. Mkhitaryan stays at 5. Didn't offer much, never excited me at all, and was never a player I could rely on to get anything for us. So he just seemed like a guy who was happy to give an average performance week in, week out. So five. He will be. I gave a 6.5 and I dropped him to a 5.5. If he could work on his end product, he could probably be an 8.5, but the end product's just not there. And it's almost like, you have to kind of threaten his position in the team before the guy starts playing his socks off. So 
Yeah, 5.5 for me. And Al Nenny, I'm going to give him a 3.5. He had a 4.5, but a 3.5. Didn't add anything to the team. Seemed like he was happy to sit on the bench and pick up a wage. And didn't show any fight when he was on the field. He just kept things too simple all the time. I know we ask for it sometimes, but he sometimes would slow the play down as well. Too much for us. Now we go on to our strikers. Aubameyang. I know he was our top scorer and got top scorer in the Premier League. I'm going to give him a six. I know I could get a bit of stick for this, but I'm giving him a six. Yes, he scored some goals, but when it really, really mattered, Aubameyang never put up his hand for us. I mean, the finals was one game for me where I thought he should have put up his hand. So I'm going to, and there were, there were chances if you think back where he could have ended games for us and then we ended up throwing it away. So if he works in his finishing a bit more, I think he could have a higher rating. Like I said, I'm dropping down to a seven. He, he, he got some good goals for us, but as well, when we needed him sometimes, he, he wasn't there. And I, and I feel that when you got substituted as well, you always to throw a strop. And I didn't like that too much. Um, I'm just going to give Naketi a good rating since he did kind of fill in almost as the third striker at times. I'm giving him a five. He didn't offer too much or just trying too hard at times. You know, I was trying to make an impression and nothing really stuck for him. So, yeah, that's my striker's ratings. Okay. Um, Aubameyang went from a 7.5 to a 7. <clears throat> I just felt also, you know, that when it came to cutthroat decisions in tight, tight games, he just not, he wasn't there, you know, for that, you know, cutthroat decision how to, to, to see off the team. And I think that is also what let us down, especially in games where it was like, you know, they were tighter face because, I mean, just a, just a random now thought now. If you think of that Wolves game also, at times it, it seemed, or not just Wolves, any other games where both the strikers were playing, when we needed to be clinical, it was always things were getting scuffed and, and you know, like sitters being missed and things like that. And I think that has, down the line, it does catch up to you. You know, when, when it comes to, when you do that point tally thing, then you can see, you know, if this game was a draw instead of a defeat, things like that. That is where it, it all starts counting. And I think that if he had not been more cut, I think this he would have probably had the, the golden boot done and dusted without having to share it with two other players of the, of Liverpool. Um, like I said, I gave uh, 8.5. I found he was quite strong going to also 2019. You know, always giving his all with it, trying to help out the back, trying to make a tackle in the middle of the park, getting in various little scraps. I mean, what impressed me a lot for somebody that's not the tallest player, the way he wins aerial battles, I mean, really surprised me. Um, then we go to, uh, uh, that's all done. And then with regard to Nketia, also a five. Didn't really, I mean, I know he, he scored now end of season, but I just don't think you can now, you know, put, oh yeah, have the pressure of putting him as a third striker at, it just don't work because that is where I think we needed, you know, we could have used January to bring in that, that you and I were talking about somebody like a season forward, even like, I mean, that that's not going to play every week, but just having somebody with a more seniority uh, position in the squad and not having to rely on a, a youngster, you know, to, to take the weight off two worldies. 
uh, reference was, uh, with regards now to the manager, Una Emery, mid-season report, I gave him a seven. Uh, end of season, I gave him a six. There were too many, uh, I just find it too many uh, errors also tactically that he's been caught out in. Because there are certain defeats where you can say, okay, we, you have to take it, uh, your opponent was better. But there were other games also where, like, I, I forgot which game it was. Uh, I think a lot of podcasters were also bringing it up. There was a game also where we were, was that, could it be the Palace game where we took off two subs just as that momentum was growing? And I'm not sure if it's the Palace one. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But there was one of the games that we, we played where he takes the, he, he took the subs off just as we were now starting to get a foothold in the game. I, I, I don't know if you... I think it could have been Palace. Did you think he brought Quintosi on or something like that? And another player that people were shocked at and they moaned about it. They yeah. actually groaned when he made the sub. Because I think that was where I thought it was a, it was almost like somebody, you know, going to a panic mode and just making sub for sub sake, not you know, not really thinking about it. Uh, oh. Yeah, go on. For 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 me, Una Emery, I'm gonna give him a, a a six as well. I also gave him a seven. I I just feel that the the substitutions got a bit too much. You know, we we got the team wrong initially and he had to kind of have a plan B again. It's like, I think he should have got his team right first time. And I think this latter part of the top four race, I don't know if he tried to prioritize the Europa League too much or what happened, but it's kind of just the wheels came off in the Premier League at the end when we could have actually walked over the finish line without breaking a sweat. He turned it into some bottle job, which yeah. we threw away. And obviously the Europa League final, you know, going with the three instead of the four that we did when we beat Chelsea. Obviously, he had his own reasons for doing things, but I'm going to give him a six. Um, I mean, like, I, I have seen people now, you know, pushing, yeah, he should get sacked and, and, and things like that. But I just think he, is a, he deserves another crack at the whip because I think, look, he was, he came also in almost like midway with, with, with you know, Sven Mislintat's reign. And most of that signings weren't really, you know, he doesn't have his stamp on it. And I think that's why this summer whatever spending spree or transfer window you're going to have, it's going to also give us an idea of what sort of player, what mold he wants in a player. Uh, as a, we're now rounding off also this podcast, um, I just want to ask a few things of you. Um, yeah. With regards to goal of the season, what was your goal of the season? Like, I, I'm going to give the Aaron Ramsey goal against Tottenham. Just because of the, the, the run that he did, mm. the emotion behind the goal and just everything behind it. So, Aaron Ramsey is going to get the goal of the season for me. Okay, mine is Aubameyang versus Tottenham. That half or that, you know, that first strike, that first time strike from uh, that Ramsey pass, we just left in that 4-2 win, we just left Loris totally flat-footed as the ball bent, bent into the corner. I mean, I, for me, it's still goosebumps when I think of the way that goal flew in. And I mean, that was when they were almost like on a kind of high in in that match. Look, it was like it was like a Titanic battle. But you know, to to get yourself back in the game to make a two-two with that sort of goal, fantastic. Remind uh, me a bit of Andreas' finish. Yeah. Uh, what was your save of the season? Uh, I think we probably could agree on the the same save. I'm not gonna. I'm not sure if you're going to, but it's the double save of Leno against Tottenham. Bingo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was mine also. Um, young player of the season? 
I was going to have to go to Guendouzi, even though I criticize him a bit with the ego, but I think he was for his age and performances he put in, I'm going to give it to him. And I mean, I think he, within this season, he also got a, a contract extension. And I think he's, he's now, he's gone like rated or valued from 7 million to 70 million now. Uh, your play of the season? You see, the, it was kind of between two people, but I eventually made a decision because the guy ended the season playing basically most of our games. Um, I'm going to go with Leno, actually. He was our consistent consistent performer throughout. You know, I was going to could have given it to Ramsey, but Ramsey, you know, towards the end of the season got injured. Yeah. And Leno, for me, played most part of it. And, you know, he saves could have, if not, if our strikers did the job, we could have made top four. Uh, for me, it was quite tough, but I mean... You know, I was swaying left and right, but I had to settle on two, uh, Aaron Ramsey and Lacazette, because I just think both of them, it was almost like a domino effect also. Like, Ramsey took us to a certain point, and it was like Lacazette carried us that, that distance further. I mean, of course, it still hurts, you know, coming short, whether it's league or now Europa League. But I just felt the two of them were fantastic. I mean... Lacazette with some of the goals. And I mean, Lacazette was even assisting, setting up people with goals in it. And I mean, Ramsey showed graft. He showed heart. And I think that is what we were missing. And I think we need more players in that mold. I mean, I just find it's just sad that Ramsey in his latter part of his Arsenal career, that is when you actually saw that what he had to offer. Because I mean, look, there was also lulls, lull periods in his career. I'm not talking about just of the leg break part. But there was also periods in his career where... He almost like went quiet, got almost like overpowered by the people around him in the squad. But it's not like now he, he has matured so much. And I think it sets up his career at Juventus perfectly now. You know, you've got a mature player, knows now what to do, has that confidence. And I mean, he's going to, you know, go work hand in hand with somebody like Ronaldo and, and Dybala. And you, you know, you're correct when you say this. 13-14 uh, Ramsey had probably one of the best seasons I've seen as a midfielder. reminded me of, you know, that one season of Fabregas had as well. Then, you know, 14, 15, and even 15, 16, you know, Aaron Ramsey wasn't, you know, making, doing anything for me. And then I think last, you know, when Sanchez left, it's almost like he kind of, again, grew into this role of being almost like the linchpin of Arsenal, you know, almost taking it away from Ozil. And then this season, like you mentioned as well, um, carry the team as much as you possibly could. So all the best to Aaron Ramsey. And I wish we could have actually invested in the guy to give him that contract and give him what he wanted and kept him at the club. Cool. Um, I've just got some uh, breaking news. I mean, kind of heartbreaking news. Um, uh, I don't know if any of you guys remember Jose Antonio Reyes. Um, he has died in a car crash yesterday uh, at the age of 35. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers with the family and, the, and his friends and even Sevilla Football Club. Shocking, shocking news. I mean, I'm sorry to end off the podcast. I get it. it just popped up on my shit. I, I did not know that at all. And uh, oh wow, wow, flip. Oh, um, sorry to hear about that. And all the thoughts and prayers are with the family, yeah, because I mean, uh, invincible as well. And yeah, we lose your life so young, sad way. I'm sorry, uh, I mean, the podcast that you end, I guess. Uh, I hope you guys have a decent weekend. Uh, I think we're about to do a podcast next week sometime. That would be our last for the season. And then you'll probably, you know, use a podcast as 
uh, planning for the coming season, like with basing basing it on the preseason, as well as the, on uh, the league season. So we'll keep you updated. Uh, we're probably going to discuss now, as I said, our plans for the new new season. Probably talk off still the changing our name as well. So I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Even though some shocking news to end off the pod with, but bye, chaps. Cheers, guys. Have a good weekend.